Grant, what's the fire situation like down there in California? It's crazy. Uh, yeah, is it? So it was, there was, a, at one point, there was a fire on one side of me and another side of me. While you were walking down the street, or was there, well, was it off into the distance? Off into the distance. There was, like, uh, it was, uh, like, there's a really cool city called Idlewild. Yeah, that, yeah. That almost got Fort McMurray'd. That was also a uh, an album by the band Top Knot. No, what's their name? The, with Andre 3000 and the other guy, Outcast. <laughs> you know, you know the band Top Knot that somehow was in my brain. I don't for understand. No good reason. I have no idea how you got there. I don't know either. But that, that's uh, that's where we're at. Anyways, that's uh, an Idlewild. It's an album they have. Anyways, we're down there. Scoping out Andre 3000's well, house. Well, no, I wasn't down there. It's, I'm I'm in I'm in Murrieta, and Idlewild is like due east. Okay. So that one almost got like the whole city almost got Fort McMurray. And there's a really cool film festival that happens out there with little films, and there's a really cool arts high school out there. Oh, nice. It's a live-in high school too. What do you mean? Like it's a boarding school basically. Oh, they. Oh, I got you. I got you. They're I not I forced. I didn't think that. Live-in was very complicated a word. Well, I thought maybe it was like a sit-in or something. Like It's just like they refuse to leave. They just love learning so much that they're never going to leave the premises. So that one was dying down, and then another one... By the way, that was arson. <laughs> this, that was an arson, yep. Apparently this guy was just driving through the forest, throwing out lit flares out of his window. Hey, Grant, it is America, okay? If I can't drive down the highway... And throw out my lit cigar. Then what is the point of even living? There's a. Well, did you hear about Trump? That am I being detained? Am I being detained? Am I? Are you not being detained? <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, you heard about Trump loosening the regulations on asbestos? I did hear about this. Yes. One of the, like the one of the biggest uh, cancer-causing, you know, lawsuits. In the history of the United States, sometimes there's just too many restrictions on the on consumers and on business, and it stifles innovation. It's like he want he, you know he wants to get the coal people back to work so they can cough up their lungs. Mm-hmm. He wants to get houses built so that people get mesothelioma. If I have to watch another mesothelioma commercial down here, I'm gonna go cut a bitch. Okay, you don't you don't understand like there you know, like late night. I don't I I I don't sleep well like eighty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, so like the past eight weeks have been crazy for me. Yes, and heard. and so uh, I was. We should we should point out the fact that this is we have been gone for seven weeks based on just a whole bunch of stuff happening in my life and Grant's life. It just did not want to cooperate in letting us sit down and record something. Yeah, like what one week I was in the hospital with my dad. Mm-hmm. The other week I was in the hospital with his dad, which is we, weird. We took turns. We took turns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, what? One. I remember one week I was waiting for oxygen. Oh, I do. Remember. Yeah, we couldn't record because you were literally waiting for oxygen to be delivered to you. That was funny. And I it was and I had to respond like I don't know what you're talking about. But then, did you see the picture I posted of his machine thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. saw that. So, so and then I what one week. Uh, I was just, you know, crashing from all that stuff. And then I think one week we just couldn't match our schedules. Yeah. So that one, uh, that one, one wasn't one traumatic, week, but it was just. 
one week was Burning Man. So, I mean, well, we were together. didn't have to go into You were together. Yeah, we, yeah, we had some mescaline. It was a great time. So it's been a crazy eight weeks for me, and I'm and you've been busy. You have yet another podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that right off the top here, I guess. Yeah, I have a new podcast that is available finally on pretty much every single platform you can think of that you can download a podcast onto. Well, you released uh, three episodes at once, didn't you? Yeah, I decided to do this interesting release schedule that I am not the first person to try this, but I thought it was an interesting way to try and do it, which is... I've recorded a bunch of episodes, but I released the first three all on the same day, and then it's going to go weekly from then on out. I think it will just be one episode released each week. I think that's brilliant because uh, you get people a little bit more hooked. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully people are enjoying. Have you had a chance to listen to Creative Block, Grant? No, not yet. I, I just talked to you about that today. Didn't know. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. So it's a podcast where... It's a little bit self-serving in that it is branded from Media Lab, which is my company, which is a video and podcasting studio here in Calgary, Alberta. And I wanted to sit down and interview people that were artists and entrepreneurs about where they came from, what they're doing now, what they hope to accomplish in the future. So it's around that 40 to 55 minute mark is usually the average I've been seeing on most of the episodes I've recorded so far. And there's some really great interesting people happen to live in the city that I live in. Not that it has to stay with people in my city, but that is definitely where I'm starting from you were do- right now. You were doing a good job with the descriptions. I liked them. I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, ho- hooking people with uh, – ta- on this episode, we're going to talk about meatpacking plants, the early internet, and clowns. Well, because that's, the, that's episode one. Yeah, but it's great because you're like, uh, this person uh, does this, and then the three topics you say, not related to those to what the person yeah, does. yeah. And I'm like, that makes me intrigued. And then the picture of the the lady's shoes. Yeah. I was like, yeah. damn, I want a pair now. Yeah, you should uh, you should look up Bigfoot Custom Shoes, which is out of Calgary here. She's actually designed shoes for the for NFL players. You know, the people that are un-American. Yeah, those people. They actually designed some shoes for them. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first time we actually completed a topic so far this podcast. Yay! Welcome to whatever this is. This is the podcast where two guys sit down and try and discover, you know, whatever this is. My name is Kyle, and I am talking with Grant. Wish I could have those lady shoes, Tingly. Oh, are they? Were those only lady shoes? Oh no, no, the, no. that lady shoes. Oh, okay. That. Uh, I mean, it was a pun I was trying to make, but she does bands. You just get white bands, and she paints them whatever you want to be on them. That is pretty cool. I mean, I'm excited. What is it? Bigfoot comfort shoes. Bigfoot custom shoes. Oh, okay. Custom shoes. I'm going to just go shopping and you can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna... uh, if you could have anything on your shoes, what would it be, Grant? Well, obviously, it'd be a comic book character. And I'm guessing, I mean, I would probably go with Ant-Man. Why? Or... Because it would be so tiny. It would be white vans with the like mm. a tiny little red dot. Oh, I see. I see. And that way, Marvel can't come after you, because is it Ant-Man? You don't know. I mean, I tell, I tell you it's Ant-Man, but you have to get a pretty big microscope to, to inspect that. Have you, have you uh, heard of uh, preschools that have Disney characters on their wall, and they get cease and desist letters from Disney? My high school was one of those. Well, I guess it wasn't Disney. It was Warner Brothers. It was Yosemite Sam, and we hit, got hit with a cease and desist order. Like, where do these people find out about that stuff? Yeah, I mean, nowadays it's probably easy because there is probably somebody that whose job is literally to scour the internet to ruin people in, like, I don't know, Yuma 
<laughs> their lives because the local elementary school has Bugs Bunny on their wall. Well, the, I was explained once that if they if they don't um, enforce their copyright and trademarks, they could lose. Right, them. they can lose it. It's like it's why. Yeah, no, I think that was even that This American Life episode where the, the person's job was to drive around to restaurants and see uh, how they served Coke, right? So if I said, hey, I like a Coke, but they actually brought me Pepsi or like RC Cola or something like that, then they could hit them with a fine. He's like, no, no, Coke is this over here. You can't just call Coke any cola that you sell. Wow, that, that now explains why they always say, is Pepsi all right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the response should be, no, it's not all right, goddammit. Fuck you. How, would you. how can you ask me that? There is children at this table. You know Kyle's amped up Ma'am. fuck. I know. <laughs> I like to enunciate the Ks in it. Grant, I mean, because <laughs> you've been away. multiple Ks? Oh, you don't have four Ks in in your spelling? No, just three Ks because I'm I'm oh. a, I'm American. That's, that that is correct. You are your president's son. Listen, I we have been away for so much time here. There's been so much stuff going on. I think first, what we should do is discuss a little bit about this summer movie wager. The summer is almost over, and the reason why we need to talk about it is because I am winning so well right now and you're probably really really excited you're probably going to get the point for the meg yeah which i if i do get the point for the well i will actually get 13 points for the meg if it actually hits number 10 uh that will literally cinch the deal yeah so i'm kind of (laughs) out of nowhere hoping that the meg makes it just a ton of money here for me well I, i i think that i when you said the meg i think i remember going oh yeah I should have put the Meg in there, I think. Either that or I made fun of you for putting the Meg in there. One of the two. I mean, if there was only recorded evidence of of that conversation, unfortunately it has been lost to time. Uh, oh, by the way, I should just mention, this probably has no bearing on anything. It, it definitely is not going to impact the way that people listen to, to these shows. However, uh, I will say that we recently switched podcast hosts uh, and Grant has no idea that I did this anyway, so this no, is him I, learning about it. I think you tweeted uh, about time. it, didn't you? Oh, I might have. But we were hosted on Podomatic, and the reason why we were hosted there was because this was my first ever podcast, and I didn't know how to make podcasts. I just searched on Google, where should I host my podcast? And Podomatic was the first website that came up, and so I just picked it. And... I've never been a huge, this is me bashing a company, this is going to be so bad, but I've never really been a big fan of theirs. I thought they were overcharging me so much over the la- like every month, and they weren't giving me a whole lot. This is why, for years and years, I've had to basically delete episodes, and why you can only, at most, see the last 12 to 13 episodes uh, of our show, which always bummed me out that you couldn't just go back and listen to everything, although... Probably for the first year and a half, that's a good thing, that you can't go back and listen to those episodes. Uh, we were qu- quite quite racist um, and also bad. So I've recently made the switch to Transistor.fm, which is a 50% Canadian company, and they just officially launched on August 1st. And I, I happen to sort of know the, the co-owner and the person who, who started it. So 
uh, I'm giving his company a chance, and basically what this allows me to do, because I became aboard before they officially launched, I am able to upload as many shows as I want with as many episodes as I want, oh, which turns out very, sexy. very good, because I am soon to have four podcasts very, very soon, and I did not want to spend a lot of money per episode yeah, when, for when each does, of those. When does the, the uh, I, I won't say what it's about, but when does the next one come out? When does that premiere? Uh, it's supposed to be September 5th, but this is also why I am uh, currently talking with a copyright lawyer to see if I can do something that I want to do. The podcast is going to be released regardless. I just want to be able to include, include music stuff. clips, yeah. and I just want to make sure I'm doing it in the legal, most legal of ways. And before anyone asks, yes, I know like every podcast out there basically uses non-copywritten music, but I want this to literally be as legal as possible so that I can take it to different places if uh, if i so choose so yeah. there there you go anyways going back to the summer movie wager this is if you are joining us for the very first time is me and grant uh completely stealing something that other podcasts have done essentially try to pick the box office uh winners each summer so from who's going to make the most amount of money uh, at the number one spot to the number 10 spots. We have to do it in order what we think is going to go from number 10 to number one uh, to be the uh, box office champions. And so you get points and more points based on whether or not you hit them right on or if you're one away or two away. And plus you get these three dark horses that will give you a point if they show up anywhere inside the list. Anyways, so currently I am sitting at 73 points. Grant, you're sitting at 71 points. And, and I think you've got it basically locked up. Well, yeah. That, again, if the Meg hits number 10, I've all but won it at that point. The only way I think you're out of there is if some movies switch places and stuff like that, where you get like four or five of them, bang, 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 uh, dead on, which is still a possibility. I will say this, which I still find crazy to think about. So the actual summer box office right now, we have, from this is from 10 till 1, is... Mamma Mia, Ocean's 8, Hotel Transylvania, Mission Impossible, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Solo, Deadpool 2, Jurassic World, Incredibles 2, and then Avengers Infinity War. That is currently what the top 10 actually is. I find it bonkers crazy that Deadpool 2 outgrows Solo. I just, I, I'm still shocked that that was, that was able to happen. And that Mission Impossible is doing much better than I actually thought it was going to. Uh, Do you have like I had I, I had it down at number eight, and it's currently sitting at seven. And is probably going to get up to six or number five based on what it's doing. Do you have it pulled up right now? I don't have the actual box office pulled up right now, like what they've actually made. I just have our our spreadsheet. Yeah, that's what I'm at. That what did I have uh, Mission Impossible at? You had it as number five. Yeah, so there maybe. So that's what I mean. If if Mission Impossible does go up to number five, then I think there's a race going on. Well, yeah, because then you'll have. Let me look at this. Yeah, you'll have the first, fourth, fifth, and sixth movies dead on. Is what happens. <laughs> so that's a little bit harder to beat uh, if you can get basically six or seven of the movies like dead on uh, it doesn't really matter what my, what my list looks like but i'm thinking that the meg might hit number 10 and then uh, we're good i will say uh my dark horses look ridiculous now that i look at them but uh 
Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. What were my dinosaurs? Equalizer 2, the first purge, Hotel Transylvania. So you already have one point for Hotel Transylvania, which is nice. Well, an equalizer surprised the world coming in first that first weekend. But yeah, it's not going to yeah. it's not going to make it into the top no. ten. It's uh, it's outgrossing the first one though, which is cool to think about. So that's what's going on. I think we should jump into some of these movies that we haven't had a chance to talk about. I mean, because we seemingly have to talk about Marvel every single episode, did you have a chance to see Ant-Man and the Wasp? Of course. Yeah, I loved it. You loved it. Oh, yeah. Didn't you give it like a five on Letterboxd? I might have. I might have. If I'm walking out of the theater and I really love something and I'm high on it, sometimes I go a little crazy. I was going to say, because I saw something like, Grant is smoking something. I really liked it, though. Because there's no way. Uh, It was fine. I mean, I don't know what it is about the Ant-Man franchise, because it's basically been made really for me to love it. Because I like Paul Rudd quite a bit. Of course, um, I love Old Man McGee. What's his name? Um, Michael, I got throat cancer, cancer from going down on my wife and all the other women in the 80s, Douglas. Is that what he said? Yeah, he said he got th- throat cancer or mouth cancer from uh, genital warts from all the women that he went down on. Oh, well, good for him. Uh, he gives and he takes, folks. So I like Michael than, Douglas. Better than DJ Khaled, a name that no one ever thought would be mentioned on this podcast. No, I, and in fact, I, I'm not quite sure I even know who that is. He, he said that uh, this is what he said about uh, giving oral sex to his uh, to uh, his uh, girlfriend, that he's the provider and should be treated like a king. So she should go down on him, but he shouldn't go down on her. Mm. To which to, to which the Rock replied, "Oh, I service my lady." <laughs> what a weird world we live in that that's a conversation that happens on Twitter. Okay, so actually, uh, uh, I think the Rock actually made a little video about it. <laughs> of course he would. Of course he would. Uh, so I love because Michael he's, Douglas. He's a national treasure. Well, no, a planetary treasure. Yeah, a galactic treasure, really, at this point. So I, I love. Michael Douglas, I love Paul Rudd, I love Evangeline Lilly, uh, uh, and I've been loving her, Lawrence and then, Fishburne. of course, Michelle Pfeiffer. Lawrence, Fish- Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, well, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne is there, too. Uh, and, of course, uh, Michael Pena, who is, who's great as well. So, I, I mean, everyone in there I love. It's a Marvel property. Ant-Man is fun. And yet I always feel like I'm the, these two movies that they've made, as much fun as I'm having while I'm watching it, it's basically like just sugar. Because I leave the theater and be like, oh, that was kind of like empty calories. It just did, it didn't do much for me after uh, like that initial viewing. Well, it's if, probably going to be one of the ones that I'll watch a lot just because it's fun. You can watch it without really looking at the TV screen. You can kind of pop in here and there. But I don't think it's one of like the best of the Marvel I'd films. put it top 10. Wow. No, I definitely would not. There's only 22 of them. <laughs> I like how you put that up. There's only 22 so of them, Kyle. It's not like I'm, you know, like number number one would. I don't know. I couldn't do it right yeah, now. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. But uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, here's, I'm gonna a, here's the big question. I'm gonna make from, a list, though. I'm gonna make it. You do that. Here's the big question from Ant Man and the Wasp, which is the after credit sequence. By the way, spoiler alerts for every movie we're about to talk about. Well, they're but all that at least a- seven weeks old. So I know uh, that after credits sequence. Did you love it as much as I did? It was glorious. I think it's basically like that. Okay, that's absolutely essentially sets up Captain Marvel and the next Avengers film because this makes sense about why A, he couldn't come and B, with the rest of the Avengers, uh, and also where he is currently. There's also this big theory 
that because I think it's mentioned very briefly in the movie about how when you're in the microverse that there's some element of time travel. Yeah, Michelle happen. Michelle Pfeiffer said, oh, avoid the time vortexes. Yeah. So I think that's a very thinly thing that he might. A.K.A. Chekhov's gun. Yeah, that he's probably going to show up somehow in Captain Marvel or in the next Avengers movie. Captain Marvel is what brings Ant-Man to uh, present day. Well, cl- yeah, clearly there's he's going to use a time vortex to go somewhere. And then uh, they're going to probably those, de- you know, those, the, I guess we jump into Infinity War 4 or Infinity War 2. Yeah. And then those probably those those little devices on their wrists in those uh, set pictures. They're probably using some form of uh, like Ant-Man technology to use the microverse to go through time. I'm assuming, too, that Doctor Strange is probably going to cameo in one or both of or at least Captain Marvel. He'll buy cameo in. I feel that I mean, I, I don't think this is a big secret. And it's something that I mentioned when we talked about the Avengers film, which is I, I think it's fairly big foreshadowing where Doctor Strange says there's only one way to fix this and then he immediately kind of gives the stone away that that's like okay so we're going down that time frame this is the only way to beat thanos is to give him the gauntlet and then have some other stuff happen Uh, i'm wondering if part of what we saw what happened off screen in avengers 3 was essentially dr strange meeting with captain marvel and ant-man to make this plan of what's going to happen next well there's two there's two theories about uh strange uh, well, that I like. There's a hundred theories about Strange in, in One Infinity War. Smoking that fat J uh, all movie long. But there's a there's a theory that uh, that he one it's an illusion that he turned to dust, mm. and that yeah, he's still okay, okay. fine, and he's good to go. He's ready. Uh, and then uh, I guess there's three that it's an illusion that he turned to dust. Uh, two, it's an illusion. Uh, that he, uh, not an illusion, but he, when he was doing the 50 million whatever thing that he actually was going back and forth through time, telling people what's going down. Right. And then the, uh, the third theory is that he basically sent the time stone somewhere in time Mm -hmm. and then brought it back. So somewhere in time, somebody else has the time stone, but now there's basically two time stones coexisting, which which is the same t- which is bit. the same time stone, but they're two. You know how the the basically the timeline for the time stone would be going to ni- 2018, going back to 1997, whatever, going back Kyle, to 2018. Kyle, Kyle, do you know how Kyle? Do you know how twins work? That's basically what's going on. Yeah, and so and there's uh and then there's the other theory that. Uh, there's, well, I mean, it's, there is going to be at some point, they're either going to be in the future or, uh, Avengers, uh, four, there's a time jump because they, they cast, uh, Cassie Lang as an older girl. They got an older actress to play her. Who's Cassie? Lang, Scott's daughter. Oh, Scott, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, he'll probably, like, go in the future and then come back or something. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Well, yeah, like, there's there's two ways that it would work. Either because people say that Tony looks a little bit older. In the yeah. onset picks. Well, that's also why they said that uh, the kid that shows up in Iron Man three, that apparently there's someone that's been cast as an older version of that character in the uh, casting notes. So I, I could see that happening. So. Um, okay, so that was Ant Man. Oh, uh, did, um, 
on Reddit there was a uh, uh, a Thanos did nothing wrong or something. Right. Subreddit. Oh, yeah. And I don't agree with that, but okay. Well, no, it's just that's you know subreddits or subreddits, but they did they did. <laughs> that's your shirt idea. Subreddits or subreddits, Kyle. I mean. So so anyways, they had um, they had no. I'm going with Marmaduke first. Yeah. If we ever had a t-shirt line, one Marmaduke. Marmaduke. Two. How do you how do you punctuate Marmaduke? It probably would be within like uh, an interrobang of some kind, I guess. That works. Mm-hmm. Who invented that word? The word itself? Yeah, that's a weird word. Copywriters, because a bang in newspaper talk was an exclamation point. Oh, okay. But An interrogate is like questioning. Yeah, okay. so I think that's what they put together. Now I totally... Oh, uh, I totally forgot where we were going with that. Oh, well. I think so did our audience. Uh, so, great. What is... What is uh... If there's only one person, is it audience? That's a good question. I don't know. I guess it would just be a solo sesh of some kind. Solo sesh, that's uh, what I do every night. So, Grant, uh, did you see Mamma Mia? No, of course not. Did you see Ocean's 8? No. Uh, Did you see Hotel Transylvania? No. Did you see Jurassic World? No, I had no interest. We're all aligned here then. I did also didn't see any of those films. How about Mission Impossible Fallout? Yes, I did. Yes. Boom. Okay, me too. Did you see this on an IMAX screen? Uh, well, I saw it on a, a, a larger screen. They don't yeah, call it so, a true IMAX. It's like right. I think they it's call it Max. like a LIMAX. Yeah. I don't. There's nowhere near where I am that has a true IMAX. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So what did you think? I liked it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm just a big fan of the Mission Impossible series. I know some people are so over Tom Cruise, and I think I've talked to so many people in the last couple of weeks when I told them I was going to see Mission Impossible, and they're like, really? Who goes and sees these Mission Impossible films? Um, lots of people, lots apparently, because yeah. lots of money. But I think people are kind of, this is like a slow burn of a franchise where some people wrote it off after the first two and have never come back well, and no, they, they, any of the They others. wrote it off after the second movie, not... Let's mm-hmm. not lump the first movie into whatever the hell of the second movie was. Yeah, no, it's true. The second one is by far the worst of the series. Like, really, really bad. So, but what shocks me is a few different things. One, the fact that Tom Cruise is 56 and he did some of the stunts that they're shown in that film, which are so thrilling. But secondly, that some of those stunts that they did didn't really need to even happen uh, as much as I love seeing like real stunt work happening. Like it really jazzes me up a whole lot. It's like, you know, you could have just done that on a green screen, that, that one, the jumping out of the plane thing. I mean, you don't need to actually jump out four or five times to get that shot. The jumping across the building gap that broke his leg. But man, is that ever a cool moment in that movie? It's just like, well, he just did that. Yeah. He sure just did that. <laughs> Well, and it's 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 funny because at this point, because you know what he's gonna, you know who Ethan Hunt is and who Tom mm-hmm. Cruise is. At no point did I, well, because I also saw it a million times on the news. Sure. But at no point did I would I have ever thought, oh, he's definitely gonna jump. There, right, there's, right. there's no way I would never have thought that he was. Oh, he's not gonna do it. He's just no. Gonna, he's agree. just you know he's gonna go. For well, it. it's just like it's like the, at the very end again. Spoiler alerts. It's like when that helicopter starts going up. It's like oh, he's gonna jump on there. 
<laughs> and then when he almost falls off and like that's so like shocking but it's like that's him i can see him actually doing it he, there's an interview he gave about how they had to really make sure that they always were focusing on his face so that the audience never didn't believe that it was him actually doing those stunts so I, I now having said that, I don't think the plot in and of itself is like the best thing no. in the world. It, this isn't this isn't are... the best Mission Impossible. No, I would agree with that. No. I, I just had a really great time. I love the stunt work in it. I think it looks beautiful. I, I think that uh, Tom Cruise and this guy is knows that he's also getting older, and you can see him like panting and getting out of breath about uh, some of the stunts and some of the things. And you, that he you has can to see do. him tripping over his balls. That that is also true. His his balls are hanging very very low. At some point, they had to put a dance belt on him, and the only CGI in the movie is them when he's uh, when his balls are out his pant leg. They had to mm-hmm. delete that. Yeah, I mean, it took three months to get rid of Tom Cruise's balls, and people aren't really talking about that a whole I lot. But I think they talk, really they talked for years about this mustache thing with Henry Cavill, but yeah, nothing about the balls. I, I, Really, really think that there needs to be some recognition at the Oscars this year. They really should give best ball removal to this 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 uh, Mission Impossible film. It's uh, really well well deserved. The uh, but yeah, I was I was just a big fan of it. I thought it was really really fun. I liked every moment of it. I was thrilled. I was I liked that they're building up the team atmosphere more and more as these films go on. I just don't know where they go from here. Whether they continue on with the series, reboot it, do something different. Like I don't I don't know. I just don't know what they want to do with this franchise. Well, and I like I like more Luther, and I like that they brought him in to replace Benji because Benji wanted to be in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it was you know the first not the first time, but it, well, it is the first time that they continue the story. Yeah, like really, like kind of just picking up where the last movie left off, which was an interesting way to do it. But it's just like with James Bond, you know, all of a sudden they're continuing a story. Out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. I think that uh, ooh, we had in stereo there, folks. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a thing. It's a cool thing to keep doing. I, for for me at least, it pulls me in a little bit more. I mean, there's something we said about episodic movie series, and even for episodic television, there's a time and place for it. But I love the fact that these two big spy franchises, like the American James Bond, which is Mission Impossible, and the actual James Bond, are trying to be more serialized all the time. And I hope that they continue to do it. Now, the the thing I I walked out of Fallout and I tweeted two things, both of which I was told by certain people that I was smoking crack. Oh, okay. I was like, uh, Fallout is not the best Mission Impossible. I'm like, maybe the third best. And somebody tweeted instantly at me, what are you, high? And I'm like, well, okay. Because I was like, I like Ghost well, Protocol. Yes, but I like Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, then Fallout, MI3, kind of same. Then Mission Impossible One, Mission Impossible Two, which is, but the Mission Impossible One to Mission Impossible Two drop off, right, is like falling off. Like if if Tom Cruise fell to his death on that on that whatever that tallest building in the world is, uh, the Wiz Khalifa, yeah, the Wiz Khalifa. If he fell off with the Wiz Khalifa. That's mm-hmm. how far the drop off is from Mission Impossible One to Mission Impossible Two. That's right. That's right. But so, and then the other thing was, I'm like, the twist in Fallout is obvious from the second, that like, the do, do we spoil? Well, for what for for Fallout or for the other movies? For Fallout, yeah. Yeah. Let's well, let's keep it as non-spoilery as possible. So the first it just came out. The first second, 
uh, the process started, I'm like, oh, this is obvious. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, that, that was my biggest criticism of this movie, at least, because I think I like the last one, maybe even the last two better than this current one. But <laughs> the eventual reveal of the bad guy, I thought was like, oh, oh, well, obviously, like within the first two minutes, like, oh, he's the bad guy. Yeah. They're not even trying to hide who the bad guy is. It doesn't seem. And uh, to the point where, like, are they, like, purposely doing this so that it's, like, a huge shocker when they reveal who the real bad guy is no no it is very obvious from the start who who is the evil person in this story and how many of these movies have they disavowed ethan hunt basically like yeah, all like of them every all of them? i think every i think every single one i can't remember much of mission impossible 2 but maybe not that one man look um, at the look at the distance between these mission impossible uh t- between mission impossible 2 was four years Mission Impossible 2 between Mission Impossible 3 was six years. Three to uh, Ghost Protocol was five years, then four years, then three years. So we're probably going to get another one in maybe two years. Money, well, we'll money, see. money. Like as I said, I don't – that, that, hey, no, that's Mamma Mia, okay? That's the Mamma Mia because uh, that's an ABBA song if people aren't picking up on that. Grant, have you seen Crazy Rich Asians? No, not yet. Well, I have. I seen thought we were going to go through Asians. the rest of the top ten first. Well, you did. That literally, that is all we uh, we just talked about. All the movies that are there. Okay. You've seen Crazy Rich, Rich Asians, which is what? That's one of your. That's in your top dark 10, horses. Right? Dark that is horse. my no. That's in my dark horses. I don't know. I, I have a feeling that it could still do like really, really well when it officially releases this Friday. I happen to see a sneak preview of it, and. Um, here is my quick non-spoilery review. There are it's, there are Asians yeah. in the movie. Yep, and it is a romantic comedy, which you can probably tell from the trailers. But if th- if that I is, told if I told it. if I told my dad I was going to go see that, he would be like, "What Orientals?" <laughs> I've been working right. on Thanks, him dad. For not saying that word for you know for like a decade. He yeah. got his he got his knee replaced, and um, he was lying in recovery. And I hadn't met like any of the doctors or anything. I just kind of like see him walking around, and I'm and I'm like, "Who's your, uh, like, who's the guy that's looking in on you?" And he's like, uh, "Oh, the Oriental guy, super nice <laughs> that guy." And I'm like, I look over, you know, like five feet away, and he's just standing there. And I'm like, "Dad, don't say just that sh- word." Shaking his head and be like, "Oh, this guy again." So, but it was good that he was like. You know, racist comment. He's a nice guy. <laughs> He's nice for a racist. Uh, anyways, the the big thing here is cast very well, like Michelle Yao and, and Constance Wu. Like, I love those people. They're so good. Um, there's some really funny moments inside of it, but really, at the end of the day, it's still just a romantic comedy. And so, I guess it's unfair in a way to hold this at like such a higher standard uh for like normal romantic comedies coming out because i just wanted more i want it to not just be iterative of of the genre i wanted it to try and maybe do something a little bit different and i just don't think that it's enough to have uh asians in the lead roles i want more of it i think it's a great first step i really want to be very specific about that uh i just wanted something more in much the same way that like in the early nineties, when Harry met Sally kind of redefined what a romantic comedy could be. Uh, I kind of wanted something 
like that. And what I got was, oh, it's just a romantic comedy. Like that really is is all it's all it's about. Yes. Um, so it's fine. It's it's good. It's just, it's I, it's nothing that I'm probably gonna ever <laughs> it's, need to rewatch. It's the the last five years. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. You thank have you, you ever... for the Broadway reference. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I did see an, a romantic comedy that you probably haven't from Netflix. Set it up. So that's what it's called. Set it up. Set it up. Yes. It stars. Uh, uh, what's his face from Rent? What's her face from Charlie's Angels? What's his face from uh, Out of Your League and Scream Queens? And I don't know who the what's her face is, the younger what's her face. But it's two interns that are like run into the ground by their domineering bosses. So they come mm-hmm. up with a plan to set their two bosses up. Oh, okay. And then obviously in the process, fall in love. Oh. And, and it, how was it? Well, it's, you know, it's, it, it was nice to go back to like, this is probably, you know, I liked it a lot, but I, you know, both you and I have a bias towards romantic comedies. So I like. In what way? In what way? We like them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not anti romantic comedy. I don't want that to be <laughs> what people take away from this. Well, no, it's, it's just... not. When you're biased, you could go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like when I, when I would say ignorant to some people, is like I was talking about a subject and I'm just like, well, yeah, you shouldn't know that because you're, you know, you're ignorant on the subject. And then you get really upset with me. I'm like, right. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, no, it just means you don't know much about it. And then I would come back and say, like, I'm ignorant about, you know, professional curling. I don't know anything <laughs> I, about that. I, I'm ignorant about how to have conversations with people and, and uh, knowing how to be tactful. <laughs> well, if you just say you're ignorant, that means you're just dumb about everything. But if yeah, you're, yeah. you know, like, you're ignorant, of, like, I'm ignorant about the uh, app, iPhone. I couldn't Mm -hmm. handle what's going on with there. Um, But if I'm just ignorant, then I'm, you know, Donald Trump. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Donald Trump's becoming the new Joss Whedon on our podcast. Yeah, I have to mention him every single time. Well, I think I think he monitors everything. So if you don't listen to I think he's a fan, actually. Well, because we mentioned his name. Did you (laughs) did you ever hear you don't have a cough button? What's going on? Sorry, I should. <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat. One second. Oh, don't say one second. I should have just kept talking. <laughs> Thank you for covering for me, Grant. Apparently, a witch hexed me, and I was unable to speak for the last thirty seconds. Uh, so, but remember how they, how when they had to do briefings for Trump, that if they didn't like in the hey, hey remember when the government was stable? Remember that time? Yeah, uh, but they had they had to mention Trump like e- like every paragraph so he'd keep reading. Yeah, well, don't worry, Grant. In about a week or so, I'm going to say give or take, you're probably going to have a recording where the president says the N word in it. So, did you? We're, we're living a great, I, I, great time. I love that uh, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the uh, <laughs> press secretary, is like, I I can't guarantee there isn't. A tape. A tape. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, at least she didn't lie for once. Yeah, I can't. She's Speak, not lying. In that speaking case. of governments, you guys made an enemy with Saudi Arabia. Oh no, I know. Such a bad thing that horrible, horrible country of Saudi Arabia. I loved. I loved. Hey, the, hey, their her females just were able to drive for the first time this year. And they Progress. have they have movie theaters now. I guess, yeah. So, but it was uh, amazing. Uh, uh, like Justin Trudeau says the thing. 
<laughs> and then uh, Saudi Arabia gets upset, demands an apology, and Justin Trudeau, in the most Canadian way ever, says, fuck you. Yeah, that's right. He's just like, we will always fight for the blah, 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 blah. I, th- I think it was John Oliver, because I think Trudeau says something like, uh, we're not sorry about something. And <laughs> John no, no, Oliver's like, he, he whoa. Didn't, he didn't say sorry. All right, he didn't say, I'm not. we're not sorry. He just went off on it. And John Oliver said, uh, well, I'm sure that Canada's going to say sorry. I mean, sorry. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then Anyways, Trudeau comes great. in and does, fuck you. Uh talking about the fu i think there's something that we need to finish off this podcast with which is there is a new category at the academy awards i thought it was just a rumor that it was going to happen i didn't know it was actually official no this is an actual this is an actual thing and i have not yet seen anyone that has been all that positive about it so this is from variety.com written by brent lang and rebecca rubin this is what they write The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is instituting sweeping changes to the Oscar broadcast as it tries to find ways to bolster ratings for the flagging telecast. In a message to its membership, the group's president, John Bailey, and its CEO, Don Hudson, said the broadcast will now include a new category for outstanding achievement in popular film. What is this, the MTV Movie Awards? I know, they actually get a bucket of popcorn as well, just doused in gold. Last paragraph here. Uh, the organization and, and they get to hang out with downtown Julie Brown. It's going to be fun. And do, you, also do you even know who they, downtown Julie Brown is? Not a clue. <laughs> An old VJ. But but they get to also party with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's son. He's, he's, he seems fun. The organization's initial announcement raised more questions than it answered. The Academy later issued a statement clarifying eligibility concerns. Films can be nominated for both Outstanding Achievement in Popular Film and for the Academy Award for Best Picture. <laughs> Not going to happen. The new, the new category will be introduced this coming year at the 91st Oscars. There's, there's no way that the, they're ever going to nominate a movie for both categories now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could see it. If they keep the... 10 nominations for best picture i could see it happening much in the same way that like best animated film will sometimes get nominated into the best picture category now i could see it happening for best popular film i think the biggest thing is that they haven't really gone into much detail about what constitutes a popular film like, they're gonna have to what put, does that mean? they're gonna have to put a monetary thing on it like well, over 100 yeah. million or something like that well, what, 100 million worldwide or, or domestic? That's a good question. Probably worldwide. Like, so let's say 300 million worldwide. Yeah, I, 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 we need to have more information before I really go into this. But this actually goes back to a conversation we had recently. And by recently, I mean sometime three months ago, which is uh, we went into this in detail. And I mentioned this, so I, I feel validated. But here a little bit further down is that At one point in its history, Oscar voters routinely named blockbusters such as Titanic or Gladiator as the year's best. That's changed. Recent Best Picture victors such as Moonlight, Spotlight, and Shape of Water have been firmly ensconced in the arthouse world, whereas well-reviewed hit films such as Guardians of the Galaxy or Star Wars The Force Awakens have only been recognized for their technical achievements. And I think a lot of that is partly why A, ratings are going down. There's another reason that I want to bring up. But the fact of the matter is, is like, yeah, if only, you know, five to 10% of the viewing public has even seen the films that are nominated, you're cutting away a lot of the people who actually want to tune in and watch it. Now, making a brand new category, I don't know if that really 
is going to mean anything because everyone wants to know what won Best Picture. No one's tuning in and being like, oh, I wonder what got the popular film award this year. Well, they sh- maybe they sh- what they should do is take, you know, split the category in two and say five need to be over 300 million and five can be whatever. I guess I don't, I just still don't really understand the why behind this. Money, I money, money. I, yeah, I mean, this is basically, if it, because of this going through, this is basically the Disney award. Like, really, now that it's bought Fox, this is essentially, let's give an award to Disney, because they probably had a popular film that came out this year from one of their studios. Yeah, they're, they're not going to name what the movie is. They're just going to say, and most popular winner, or most popular movie goes to Disney. What? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All five nominees are from Disney, so let's just give it to them. It's God. It's like some, really... some years, it would be all five movies go to Disney. It could be. Uh, I mean, like look at this year. If it's a Marvel film, a Star Wars film, a Pixar film, Deadpool, like, and Deadpool, like yeah, like four of those are going to now be Disney properties. I hate the way that this is structured because by calling it popular film. The takeaway from there is then that the Best Picture Award is for not popular films. And that you, I don't know, I just I just don't like the way that that's phrased. I understand that popular in this context is not saying that it's like, a, like popular in high school, which meant that you were well-liked by a lot of people. It's mostly that it just had a lot of eyeballs on it. Like, a lot of people are consuming it, much as the way that pop music is. We all recognize that pop music is not the best of the music industry. It can be, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's just a a label that's given to it. And I don't think that same thing happens in in cinema. Let's just just let 14-year-old girls decide the popular movie. No, I just really wish what they had called it, and I think it would make more sense. It's just called Blockbuster. Best blockbuster film. Yeah, it still, that, that still sounds sense. more like MTV Movie Awards to me. I know it does, but at least that is, you very clearly understand what that is. Oh, blockbuster. It made a lot of money. Okay, well, let's let's see what won the best blockbuster award. Let's uh... you say best popular film. It's like, oh, what film uh, do we like the most, but that we don't really want to honor with the with the top award yeah. at our award show. Agreed. So I don't like it for that reason. The other big reason that they don't go into this article, but it was kind of as footnotes to all of these press releases, is that, A, they are now, it is in the rules of the Academy that their award shows cannot go longer than three hours. And the way that they're going to do that is by giving away awards during the commercial breaks uh, to the lesser thans, you know, like the best special effects, probably best writing, I'm going to guess, uh... Uh, best cinematography like all those awards are just going to be doing it during the commercial breaks and not actually telecast which i am really really against i think this comes down to what they're concerned with is that they really want a younger demographic to come and watch the oscars which i get Uh, this is not the way to do it and the reason why it's not going to work and then grant you can talk for a while because i feel like i've been hogging the conversation here i'm doing some googling so but the reason why kids and like people under 25 aren't watching the Oscars is because they don't watch television. Like That's your big issue. They're not going to tune in just because you made this award or you're making the telecast go three hours. It's because they're not watching you on television. If you make some sort of stream, and I know this is going to sound like I'm talking down to people, but it's true. If you make it available on Instagram or YouTube or, some, or Twitter or somewhere well, they, else that there would, already are, well, no, they're going to watch it. If it's on ABC, which it normally is... Yeah. It would be on Hulu. Sure. 
make it available on Hulu, whatever it happens, make stream it uh, straight to Netflix if you really wanted to. Like, I don't care. That's where people are going to already. They're not going and be like, oh, I should pay $70 this month to get a basic cable subscription so that I can watch the Oscars. It's probably not $70, it's like 30 bucks probably. But still, no one's doing that and no one's going to want to do that. So why force it? This is me on my soapbox. What do you think, Grant? No, I, uh, I, I agree with you, of course. I just think the more and more they make it like the MTV Movie Awards, the less and less I'm going to give a shit. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said that already. That, And, yeah, at the end of the day, the Oscars don't really matter. I just like it a whole lot. I love the idea behind we want to honor this art form for almost 100 years now at this point by giving awards to what we think are worthy. Yes, they sometimes get it wrong, sometimes very, very wrong. But I still like that it was the one award show that took the time to actually give the awards to everybody. The cinematographers, the writers, the art designers, the makeup designers, the uh, the, the hair, like all that stuff was honored on this awards cast. And one of my biggest quibbles with uh, the Tony Awards, which I love watching each year, is that they have done this, which is they give most of the awards away uh, during the commercial breaks and you don't actually get to see some of these people being honored. And I just don't, I don't like that necessarily, but I guess that's the, where we're at. Okay, so uh, I'm on the Chicago Tribune website, and they listed mm-hmm. 11 movies that uh, could have won the popular movie award. And we're just going to go through them, and we're going to say, uh, does the, is this worthy mm-hmm. of being nominated for Best Picture? Not sure. popular. Uh, so Star Trek, original 2009 Star Trek. For me, no. No. It's 94 on Rotten Tomatoes, but, you know, that doesn't like say Like the much. film a lot. I do like the film a lot. But I wouldn't nominate for Best Picture. We don't know what else was – we don't know what was nominated in 2009. It doesn't matter. We're just it's saying what – Impossible to find out too, so. No, impossible. Okay, number two. Oh, an advertisement. Come on. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. Big no for me, even though it's Rotten Tomatoes 96. Um, I will say yes then in that case. I think I, think I could see that happening. 1.3 billion worldwide. Yeah. All right, number three is a definite yes for me, Skyfall. Yeah, for me it is. I wish it had been nominated that year. Anyways. It should have been. It should have been nominated for Best Picture, regardless of if it was like Gone with the Wind, Gone with the Wind, Gone with the Wind, Gone with the Wind, like quality of movies all the way down. I still would have said yeah. Skyfall should be in there. It's one of the best movies in history, I think. Uh, the Lego uh, Movie. <laughs> not for Best Picture, no, not for me. No. As 96%. Although, did it win for Best Animated? I don't think it even won for Best Animated that year, which is kind of a travesty. But. Now, here's one that's tough for me, because uh, I'm not sure, but Creed. Well, it's a yes for me. I really, really love that film a lot. I liked it a lot, too, but I'm like 50-50 on it. All right. Uh, num- number, what is this, five? Oh, another advertisement. Come on, Chicago Tribune. Inside Out. Yes, of course. Yes, for me. It was like my favorite film of the year, so yes. 98%, 857 worldwide. You know, Creed only made like $30 million outside of the United States. Or yeah, I don't, I don't know how that is considered. Oh, outside of the U.S. Yeah, it was 110 inside the U.S. or North America. Right, and so then it's like $30 million. Yeah. And then Star Wars, The Force Awakens. No. Oh, man. For Best Picture, no. I, I would have to say I also no. like The Last Jedi more, so. Well, yeah, but we and you are, like, the only ones who think that. <laughs> well, that's not true. I'm just saying that we are in the vast minority of fans who um, liked the second one more. Moana. No, no, I don't think so. I liked Kubo and the Two Strings better that year. Me too. And it, But it wasn't popular, so whatever. 
Kubo and the Two Strings was glorious. Aside from, oh, and Baby Driver? No. I was not as high on Baby Driver as I was all the other Edgar Wright films. Now, if we went back to, say, uh, like either Scott Pilgrim or any of the <laughs> not other... Not popular. I know. None of his films have been popular, so there's it's just not possible. It was 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 226 worldwide. Coco, no. Oh, I am. I like Coco. 807 million worldwide, 206 uh, North America. A plus cinema score, 97 Rotten Tomatoes. You just hate family. No, I hate uh, I hate Mexicans. Oh wow! And uh, thanks, America. <laughs> I watched the Jim Jeffries uh, uh, new stand-up special, and he's sure. like, "I'm for the wall," but in uh, between Canada and North in America, which is a standard joke. But he's like, yeah. what they should do is just build it three feet tall. So when the Americans run out of uh, health care and their lungs are full of cold because they got all their jobs back, they won't be able to barely crawl over the wall because I mean, they're so in poor health. Um, good, good joke. Yeah, it's a good it's a great comedy special. But by the way, I will say if you're a fan of comedy, I mean, it's always near the top of the podcast charts. But WTF with Mark Marin, he did this interview with Jay Leno that I really loved. I thought it was really, really good. Very eye-opening to kind of understand Jay a little bit better than I than I have. And I kind of sympathize with him in some parts and kind of very still disagree with him in other parts. Anyways, if you haven't listened to it, you should really listen to that interview. And number the last one is War for the Planet of the Apes, which is that the third one? I don't think I've seen it. Yes. I'm a big yes on that. Yeah. I am so high on those films that I wish it had been nominated, yes. 146 uh, domestic, 490 worldwide, 93 Rotten Tomatoes, so there you go. Yeah. Inter- interesting uh, little side tangent there. Right. Well, we'll probably be debating this for the next few months. Uh, but let's wrap this up here, I guess. Uh, there are so many different ways that you can get in contact with us if you'd like. If you want to send us an email with comments, questions, concerns think that we're totally wrong on something whateverpod at gmail.com you can also contact us either on twitter which is at whateverpod or at facebook.com slash whateverpod uh my personal twitter account which is probably the best way to get a hold of me is twitter.com slash the kyle marshall that's marshall with two l's grant what's your twitter twitter.com slash veggiemans f-e-j-i-m-a-n-z or zed depending upon what country you're in and i'd like to thank tyler hauser we'd love to thank tyler hauser who is uh, the person behind all the music that you heard in our episode this week. And again, thank you to Transistor.fm for being the new host of whatever this is. So I'm looking at Bigfoot Custom Shoes website. These are really cool shoes. They're so cool. I love the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Yeah, very nice. I'm thinking thinking actually I'm going to get some shoes, but with like the Media Lab logo or something like that on them. There's a pair of black uh, van slip-ons that have a like a stylized Canadian flag and a stylized French flag, which is pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. Oh, a Trolls one, which is okay. Which you have to get. You, you don't shut up about Trolls. You love the Trolls. Uh, there's a, you, style, you style your hair now like the Trolls. There's a pair. Yeah, yeah, my shaved head, right. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. There's a pair of shoes that just say bitchin' on one and not bitchin' on the other. <laughs> when you want to when you wanna answer somebody's question, you just point. We got... Uh, Donatello from Teenage Mutant Turtles on a pair. Very cool. These shoes are neat. And I like that you you know you can tell their art. Like it's not somebody oh Yeah, these are 
These are hand painted onto these shoes. The, this this pair of shoes has lady on one shoe, tramp on the other, and they're connected between the two shoes with the spaghetti. Do you know that uh, they're making a live action lady in the tramp? Stupid. It's so dumb. But Tessa Thompson's in in uh, talks to be in the lead role, so I, I guess think she that's was. Cool. I think she was officially cast now. Oh, okay. I like her a lot too. And Lin Manuel Miranda's writing the music. I'm kidding. Oh, I was gonna say probably. How are we gonna end this on a joke? What's uh, what's funny? What's funny right so, now? So, uh, a uh, pirate walks into a bar, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got a steering wheel in his pants, and the guy goes, "What's what's up with the steering wheel in your pants?" And the pirate goes, "Oh, it's driving me nuts." Yeah. So, what can we think of that's funny that we can end this podcast? <laughs> that's like with? my favorite just, joke in history. Just something that's funny. <laughs>